Hey everyone, and welcome to Car Ray Rob. I'm Ray. I'm Rob, and welcome back to our new podcast. Say hello to my little Phil. Hey everyone, I'm Ray. Welcome back to Say Hello to My Little Film. This is episode two. Rob, how have we come this far? We usually do not follow through on our New Year's resolutions, but not this year. This year is coming up, Ray Rob. This is a journey, and we are on it, and we've continued it. Uh, But some people might be on this journey for the first time. Uh, For those folks, do you want to kind of let them know what are we doing on this podcast? Well, with Say Hello to My Little Film, we're kind of ex- doing an extension of the YouTube show that we used to do a number of years ago, which was mainly trailer reviews and some film reviews and some odds and ends. Uh, but what we want to do now is do a fresh take on a retrospective review. So instead of just Ray or I doing a review of a movie that we love, we've always loved, we are recommending it to the other knowing that they have not seen it. And from there, we get that new, fresh perspective from their review. And the great thing is, with our podcast, if you haven't seen the movie, no sweat. You're in the exact same boat as the other person. We're going to give you an opportunity to pause in the middle, go watch the movie, and then come back and join the discussion. If you have, even better. You can find out if our uh, review matches yours. All right, Ray, I have the distinct pleasure of setting us a sale in our inaugural episode by being the recommender. This week, it's your turn. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Yes, I am the recommender, and you have to do my bidding. Um, you're actually going to be pretty happy about this, because Ooh, okay. even though this is a movie you've never seen, uh-huh. this is not a franchise that you are unfamiliar with oh okay the movie i am presenting to you is what we do in the shadows oh okay yes and obviously we are both huge fans of the show yes in fact that's as you said that's my only exposure to this at all so it's kind of an interesting way to to you know review this yeah so you're coming you're going to be coming from it from the standpoint of a show watcher and then going back to the the movie, the original piece, right? Where I saw the movie and then went to the show and saw that transition happen. Yeah. Uh, so for you guys out there, if you're not sure about what we do in the shadows, you're missing out. This is a fun mockumentary style movie uh, about three vampires who are living together in uh, shoot Australia <laughs> somewhere somewhere in somewhere not here. Uh, <laughs> they are not local. Yeah. But uh, it's just the day in the life. Um, and so, you know, it's written and co-written and co-directed by Taika Waititi mm-hmm. and Jermaine Clement, who uh, you know what you're getting when you're watching a movie with those two in it. Absolutely. If you love Flight of the Concords or any of Taika's work with Marvel, obviously, he has a very distinct style, which comes through in the show, you know, even though yes. he's, he has directed episodes and he does have some creative input, yeah. but I know it's not all him like the movie would be. Yeah. Jermaine Clement, I think, is heavily still active in the show, um, or at least when it first started. 
Um, but the show's got to be like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy type. It's a train that moves itself now. It's 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 going on episode, uh, season six. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it all birthed here. So uh, just some facts about the movie. This movie, which is kind of crazy, was made for one and a half million dollars. Oh, okay. It made seven. So pretty good return pretty on good investment. But yeah. like, it did not shatter the earth um, at all yeah. with this. So yeah, Rob, I'm really excited for you to see the origins of this TV show that we both love and talk about all the time, you know, to see where it all started. I I, I do wonder, you know, I'm going to ask myself, would, are you going to like this movie? I'm the recommender. Am, am I recommending something to you that I think you're going to like? And I think you are going to have, like, the show is, the show might have surpassed the the original concept. Sure. So you might not like it as much as I do since I saw it first. It'll be interesting to see what you think. Yeah, it's hard. It's always hard whether you're going from you know a movie to a TV show, TV show to a movie, whichever direction to, to kind of separate one thing from another. Especially if you do love something, you know either one so much and you've had no exposure to the other one at all. But I do really like Taika. Like I said yeah. earlier, I I love his style. I love his humor. So I I expect that to come through, and especially because this is kind of you know uncut, unfiltered Taika, you know, where the show is is again, it's something different. It's you know made for the you know, TV audience. So I'm very I'm very curious to see if you're if you're right if I if I find it lacking in any way. Yeah, they definitely they definitely do some fun things that you're going to recognize that the show kind of like you know picked up on and did. Mm-hmm. Definitely do some things different that that you know go in some different areas that the show's never gone into, but um. But I think you're going to have a blast. I do think you're going to like it, though, for sure. None of the actors from the show are in it, right? Not not the main cast okay. of the show. Sure. I think, I think like, either Taika or Jermaine's character has done a guest spot Right, on right. The like show. the Vampire Council yes, or something. Yeah, Vampire Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vampire yeah. Council. Okay. But, but like, Nandor, nope. Nadia. Nope, they're all original. Okay. They are all original to the show. Okay, that's I I thought I remembered reading that, but again, it just you know this is one of those movies that you know it's funny you you always think oh you know how did I how did I not watch this? There's yeah. really not. And there's nothing about this that would make me not have watched it. It's just one of those things that you know movies that fall through the cracks. We all have them. We all have those blind spots. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, to to clearing up this blind spot. All right, so we're gonna go watch what we do in the shadows. If you haven't seen it, we recommend you pausing the podcast. Go watch the film. When you're done, come back and listen to our review. See if it matches up with what you thought. If you've already seen it, just wait a minute. We'll be right back with you. Ray and Rob are currently watching the film. You may be also watching the film. you're not, then you're listening to me say that Ray and Rob are watching the film. They'll be right back when they're done watching the film. All right, guys, we are (laughs) back. We are back. From watching what we do in the shadows, I again loved it because, of course, I knew I would. I'm the recommender. Exactly. That's why I recommended it. Uh, but I got there to you, Rob. Uh, what'd you think? Well, I'm, I have to say, I'm gonna do my best to not spend this time reviewing the movie by just comparing it to the right. show because I feel like that is really unfair yeah. to the movie. It has to be brought up. 
No, it, it will, and it'll it'll come up here and there. But I'm going to do my best to not just constantly say, "Oh, I like this compared to this." Right. You know, I think that's like I said, kind of unfair to the source material. But I will say, so when you start the, when I when we started the movie, and the first you know thought in my head is just like 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 we talked about, am I am I going to like this? Yeah. Am I am I going to be able to separate it? Right. What does this remind me of in the show? Do you think that the whole time? Right. Exactly. So, you know, we're, you're, I'm sitting there, and I will say, within the first 10 minutes, I was really able to just, I was, I was able to separate it, and I, I was cool. really kind of getting pulled into the movie on its own right, right. you know, not just, you know, I'm missing Nandor, I'm missing right. Nadia, or whatever, like, I was really able to, I think, you know, kind of clasp onto these characters, and, and really kind of go on the journey that was originally, you know, meant to be that Taika and Jermaine wanted. Right. And I think that's kind of the genius of the show is that the, the show is doing what the movie does, but they're not copying the movie. Like there are three main characters in the movie and there's three main characters in the show, but the characters are completely different. There's really no, there's not much like, um, uh, I don't know, duplication of the character yeah. arcs or the character types. Definitely. They're, they're their own vampires. Right. And so when you watch, when you go back and watch the movie for me, or, or when you're discovering the movie for you, I don't feel like you're like, oh, this is this is a bad impersonation of the character that I already love. Right. No, no absolutely. I, I think, you know, while I can say, sure, like there's a little bit of Aspects. Laszlo and Vladislav, you know, yeah. a little bit of that. A little bit um, of, of him and Deacon, too. Right. Fair, exactly. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe even a little bit of Nandor in... Um, Oh crap, Taika. Um, Viago. Viago, thank you. So many V's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in the Viago character, kind of that like uh, that almost innocence mm-hmm. that Nandor has. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Viago has that as well. But I'm actually, you know, I'm gonna say I, I actually really loved the Viago character specifically, and I think he really is what kind of drew me into the movie. Yes. I think he has that, you know, that that likability factor. That yes, he's a vampire, and yes, he's literally killing this like like he kills right. a woman in front of you <laughs> very poorly, right? Very poorly, he gets his mess everywhere. But he's he you uh, he's such a uh, uh, you know kind of like I guess a, a genuine yeah character. There's a genuineness to him, and out you know use the word altruism and he's killing somebody it's really not a proper word but you he know he does it in the best possible way though he tries to make right. sure they have a good time <laughs> right you know? he does he, he wants to make sure that, that it's, a, it's a proper date before death right but yeah no i i think the viago character i i will credit as being the first thing that really kind of was allowed me to separate from the, the movie and the show and really drew me all right, Rob. So um, in our last podcast, when we talked about the babysitter, we talked about how perfect that first act was. And I do want to spend some time with this movie kind of talking about the first act because yeah. I think it's unique. You know, this is a mockumentary style movie. And you know, I am a sucker for mockumentaries and documentaries. <laughs> I watch them obsessively. Sure. Uh, I should join some true crime like groups or whatever, uh, listen to more true crime podcasts because I, you know, I'm a sucker for it. But um you know in in the first act of this movie it's you know i think we're kind of you know hitting on it when we were discussing some of the main characters but it was it's a lot of it's bits to kind of introduce you to the characters 
and it's this humanization of vampires um you know just kind of showing you what a vampire would do in everyday life nowadays yeah yeah and, and it's and it's interesting too because you know the archetype of the vampire is something that's been done so many times yeah. you know and in a lot of it you know repeats the same story the same ground over and over again i mean we've seen it since the dawn of film mm -hmm. which they obviously referenced a little bit with peter right <laughs> clearly being the nosferatu right reference, Max Shrek. like i thought that was genius i thought that was great uh but yeah so you're always kind of like looking for what's that new that new angle that i can take on something and obviously you know mockumentaries in general i i think do give a really great outlet for things like that because it does bring that kind of realism that grounded nature yeah. to something that does seem typically so fantastical right so yeah no i i completely agree you know this idea of like we're gonna have a we're gonna have a a, a flat meeting you know or whatever right. you know a house meeting and right. they all come down to the tables like is, well, is peter coming and yeah. it's like no he's, yeah he's, he's not coming like, like you said you know a lot of times with documentaries you know they give you the opportunity to take the, the fantastical and show it in the mundane. Right. And that's kind of, you know, we get the, you know, we're seeing them in this first act argue over chores, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're doing karate. They're helping each other get dressed because they don't see each other's reflection. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just all these small opportunities where you just, it's the unexpected, but the obvious, yeah. you know, and it, it just really works for me. And this, and the, part of the reason why I love it, it's like you just immediately fall in love with the characters because they're just doing what you do in a different way. Right. Well, and it's, and again, kind of going back to that vampire thing, like vampires are typically so cool and these guys are very much not cool. Right. Like in, in the traditional sense, yeah. like they are. To degree, varying degrees of cool, but. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, but, but even, you know you know, Vladislav for probably, you know, maybe, or maybe Deacon, I guess you could have a battle out, like which yeah. one's the coolest yeah. of the two, but like, though, yeah, I mean, but even with them, like they still have their, you know, eccentricities right. that make them of their not time. Cool. They're so old. They're of their time. And they're, right. that's the other aspect is like, you know, there's a 900 year old living in today's, you know, relatively, I think this movie is 2014, but yeah, living yeah. in today's times, Sure. you know, but um, you know, the, the, the first act is also, I think, composed of some great bits so i wrote some down just to kind of remind ourselves but um i love viago um he's talking about the love of his life yes and this um catherine i think her name was and she gives him a beautiful silver locket but of course vampires can't wear silver so he, he tries, he tries it. <laughs> <laughs> this is as long as i can wear it and like the yeah. smoke i love it tries, yeah it was so good get it. i said gain dress with no reflection yeah uh we kind of mentioned the the messing up of the bloodletting is, you know, we kind of mentioned Viago, he's killing somebody and he's trying to suck their blood as nicely as possible, but he hits a nerve. Right. And blood just artery. Gets, <laughs> artery. It's an artery. Definitely and, hit a nerve. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, she, nerve. she grimaced in pain she, before. She so. was on her last yeah. nerve. Them just using technology in general, you know, yeah. as they kind of get introduced that I thought was all great. You, you know what bit I actually, I just, I thought was so funny and so genius was the bit of them going to the clubs mm. and can't going and they can't, can't enter because nobody, like they won't invite them Vampires in. have to be invited they, in. Like it's, it's so funny because, you know, again, like, you know, it's kind of that core of comedy. Like you find that, like, you know, that weird twist on an, on an, on an ordinary event, you yeah, know, or, right. you know. And it's, you know, for something like, like, again, like with a vampire, you know, you never think of it that way, but mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, part of vampire lore, at least, you know, for the, for the most part. So to like figure out a way to kind of, you know, make that joke, I thought was just really funny. And it definitely, 
again, it, because it, again, you think vampires cool, like oh, they get in everywhere. You yeah. know, everybody wants to party with these guys because right. they're cool. They can't even get in the front door. Yeah. And that's what you said. It's messing with that archetype of what vampires are, because you know you kind of think of of Tom Cruise. Yeah, in, interview with the vampire. In interview with the vampire. It's like so cool and. Yeah the king of the castle and you know everybody bows to their whim and that's you know that's not these guys yeah no not at all no and and like i said i i didn't want to spend you know all of this time just comparing the mm-hmm. show to the movie but you know there are some things that i did kind of want to you know to to point out i guess sure. you know just you know just naturally well we're, we're fan or i'm a fan of both right right yeah. and, and now i can i can say i am as yeah. well um, you know, and, and I will say, like, there are some things that I do think that the movie does do better, even than the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because I think it's, you know, again, dynamics are different. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, the the movie kind of, be, because of the, the makeup, I guess, of, of the core vampires, you know, being so different from Nadia, Nando, or Laszlo. Like, you know, their, their relationships are just naturally different. Right. Uh, but, <clears throat> like, I do think I, it, if I was coming in to the show, I, I should say, I'm sorry, I should, if I was coming into the movie and, you know, and I hadn't seen the show, I might actually say that I find the the three vampires in the movie more endearing. Mm-hmm. And, and that might partly be because uh, of Viago. Like, yeah, I do think he does. Uh, of of all of the you know between show and movie, I do think he has a certain, like I said, genuine nature to him that yeah. I think, as a viewer, draws you in, and and yeah. like you instantly like him, as as a character, as a person, yeah. as a vampire, you like him, and I and I so I think you know in the end for me, I think Viago. Um, you know, kind of like I said, was kind of the star of, of the show. Um, but you know, I I will say one thing that I did miss uh, in the movie compared to the show is the familiar. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was something I wanted to talk about because you know it's interesting is um, the first time you watch this movie, I think the familiar character is fine. You know, it's this. This character wants you did she's a punchline she's a joke yeah you know she just does their chores and she she gets she uh you know finds their some of their victims for them mm-hmm. and you know she in you know when you're familiar you want to eventually be turned into a vampire which she does it's not happening right and then you know at the end of the movie she gets turned into a vampire and it's kind of just a little little bit of a chuckle right it just kind of goes and yeah. it's fine it worked the first time i watched the movie like this is cool it's fine you know it, it's it's its own little bit but yeah. The problem now is the show right. has taken um, the familiar character um, to a whole new level. To a whole new level. Whole new and level. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the best part of the show, you could argue. I think you could argue that. Yeah. And so in the show, Guillermo, the familiar, you know, that, that ride is just so fulfilling that it's, it's when you go, when I go back and watch the movie now, I'm, I, it's obviously not as, it's not as, it, 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 it takes away from the movie, unfortunately, yeah. you know. Um, it's kind of a hindsight thing, but but like I said, it, it, it's I just try to think of it more as a compliment to the show than a detractor to the movie. Yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it because you know I mean the character of Guillermo is just so so lovable. Yeah, I mean he and, and like you said, the depth of it and that does come with time. You know, and right. that is that is you know kind of flipping it back to what I was talking about earlier about the advantages and disadvantages of both. 
with a show, especially when you're dealing with the seasons that they've, you know, number of seasons that they've dealt with, you have a lot of time to right. develop, you know, characters. And, you know, the journey that Guillermo has been on, not just for himself, but in connection with Nandor, mm-hmm. you know, has built that relationship up right. to a point where, you know, you, you love that relationship. So uh, J- Jackie, right? That was the yeah. uh, that was the the familiar in the movie. You know, she, yeah, she. I I wouldn't say she. I felt like she had any kind of real relationship Mm-mm. with, uh, you know, anybody. Really, yeah. you know, any one yeah. of them. Really, you know what I Deacon's mean? Deacon's her Deacon's specific her, master, right. but she's using him and he's using her, and it's just yeah. It feels it. It's fine. Like you said, it's fine for what it is right. in the movie, but when you're t- comparing it to this other thing, you know, I, I could see, you know, Taika or Jermaine, you know, being proud of being able to kind of take that angle and expand so much on it. Yeah. In the show. Yeah. Which they um, certainly did. Yeah. So, but, you know, and again, not to detract from her performance, the actress right. who played Jackie in the movie, because I, she was, she was good. You know, you really kind of felt for her mm-hmm. at, and at those times, you know, when yeah. she, you know, that frustration, uh, just like then, you do for Guillermo, I mean, they that's right shared, yeah, between then, show and movie. And then when she's turned and like she, the, the convert her conversation with the husband, yeah, you know, is great, you know. But it's funny, you know, we talk about her being turned, you know, there, uh, you know, one thing I did notice kind of, you know, throughout the movie is the tidbits that they took from the show, I'm sorry, the movie to make episodes of mm. the show, like how many of those, you know incidents you know that in the movie that they took and made an entire episode out of you know like peter's fate right you know it's very much like the count or the baron i'm sorry the baron and um you know like i there was obviously just going clubbing is that's a thing in the show right that that they've carried over exactly and you know obviously you know the the tension of guillermo being turned right and then what you know what we've seen in this most recent season yeah and then i guess their turns were in some uh, similar ways right both not by the person that was supposed to do it but it means something different in the show than apparently it does in the movie yeah and i'll say one thing that i'm glad they kept between both is the theme song oh yes <laughs> i love this theme song if you if you haven't heard it just go to youtube and just type in what we do in the shadows theme song it's great if and it's just so fitting of the show yeah no or, I- of the content, I guess both, the movie, yeah, yes. yeah, really both. I mean, and it, I think it's more long form here, but and then they kept you know the credit style the same, obviously, yeah. which is, is cool. You know, kind of them through all the ages yeah. and all of that. I thought, I, I think that goes a long way to setting up the characters and their histories and you know all that mm-hmm. their collective histories and the the goofy photos that they've taken, which don't make sense because they're vampires. Right. They shouldn't <laughs> have any reflection. They have photos, but. We'll let that one go. Yeah. Um, plot, plot hole. <laughs> plot hole, but it's fine. It's fine. You know, we, yeah. we love the joke, so we'll go with it. But yeah, like all the different, you know, the, the, um, uh, the, the, da- the, the event at the end. Oh, uh, the uh, unholy masquerade. Thank you. The unholy masquerade. I wrote that down. Yeah. Because I knew I'd forget it. Yeah. But that, yeah. So like all their like different photos from the unholy masquerade and all their different attire. I think yeah. It's always really fun. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think as the movie. So I love the first act. We just kind of said it's very charming. Yeah. It introduces to the characters brilliantly. But to me, where the movie like really picks up is the second act when they this Nick character who's supposed to be a victim. Yeah. He gets you know they they he gets sent to the party by the familiar Jackie and 
he's uh, just supposed to be eaten and killed, uh, but he actually gets turned into a vampire. Yeah. So in the second act of the movie, we kind of we go through the the shoes of somebody who's a vamp- been a vampire for for less than a couple days or mm-hmm. less than a couple weeks. Yeah. And we get to kind of see that experiences where everything's new and not as it is cool parts of it, but not as cool as you know maybe he expected and some others. And I, I think that's where the movie really starts to work again for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, and that, that foil-type character where, you know, they're new to the world and you, that way you can kind of, again, kind of right. see through their eyes and how things are, are different from your own world. You know, it's a classic classic trope and it always works. And, and even in the vampire genre, you know, mm-hmm. that's not it's not a new thing. You know, you're talking about, like, Claudia and Interview with a Vampire and talking about that right. earlier, you know, characters like that. And, yeah, I, I do think... I agree. I think it also like there is a bit of a tonal change. Yeah, with I think that. so. I feel, I feel, I definitely feel like it feels different. Yeah, and I think that is it does work for it because you know, you know, a good hour and a half comedy is great. You know, and having yeah. that you know constant laugh is great. But I think you know they they were they were able to kind of explore again that kind of depths of despair mm-hmm. of being a vampire that 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 bad side. Yeah, you know that. that maybe people don't often like think about or you know whatever right. and and i think it does kind of like show how you know while some people can kind of glamorize you know the, the idea of eternal life and mm-hmm. you know even you know having to you know eat people you right. know that kind of thing and like the sexiness if you will of like being a vampire like there is that 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 downside a really steep downside that price that they pay and i think nick does a a great job of selling that. Yeah, he can't eat chips. You right. Know? He can't eat chips, which is <laughs> the, his favorite food. The projectile when he does, vomiting. He projectile vomiting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree. I do think there's a tonal shift because I, I I feel like the first part of the movie, as I said, is is a lot of bits. Yeah. But the second part of the movie is where it starts to find the story that they're going to ride through the end right. of the movie. Um, like I said, I and I think a lot of this up with Nick is is really great. Um, you know, uh, I love when he says, you know in regards to turning into a vampire, it's just like having the flu, but his eyes bleed heaps. Right. Okay. (laughs) Don't think I want that. Yeah, the whole change scene with him in his room and, like, he's in bed, and then he's, like, up in the corner of his room. Flying on the ceiling. Flying on the ceiling. Like, yeah, no, I think uh, that's great. Which, actually, you know, it's funny. I'll kind of, I'll mention this briefly, and this is something that I think the show does well, but... There is a per, like from a production standpoint, while they feel similar, the movie has a rawness to it that yeah. the show clearly doesn't have. Like the show has the that. show might have a bigger budget per episode. Oh, I'm sure it movie. does. I'm sure it does. And that's my point is that you it, there it, it is. I, I I I will lovingly say overproduced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not overproduced, but it has that like very yeah. produced. It's- it fits on it. FX. Right, exactly. Whereas the movie does feel like this is like a, an indie movie from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But I will say, for being an indie movie from New Zealand, like the special effects that they employ are great. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's an Inception fight scene. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly <laughs> where I was going to go yeah. when you were talking about the flying <laughs> the ceiling. It was that. Yeah, the, the Inception fight scene was pretty great. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, and they were still able to do the bats. Right. Know, bat fight. Turning into bats, yeah. Bat fight, you know, and all of that. Uh, I thought, you know, that that stuff was really great. But I appreciated, again, the rawness of it. It had a, 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 you know, a realness to it that I do think at this stage in the show, it it's lost a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it doesn't necessarily 
feel like a mockumentary anymore no. so much. Yeah. Like, I think they've kind of shed some of that to a certain degree. Yes, they still have, like, the talking head segment, segments and things like that. But, like, for the most part, it's just the scenes playing yeah. out. Whereas the movie is firmly committed to the, the mockumentary style. And I think it benefits it greatly. It sure does. And then another really important thing that Nick does for us as a viewer is he introduces us to his best friend, Stu. Yeah. And Stu is great. Stu is really great, for especially for having almost no personality. Like, and that's not a, yeah. not a dig at him. Like, he he has very few lines through the majority of the movie. He's yeah. mostly just there. nods, right? He <laughs> in nods, the corner, smiles, whatever, a little bit. He's just there, but he and he's it, human, right? And, and Nick has decided not to eat him, right? Which again is that interesting aspect of it. They even go through the you know the process of obviously him telling him that he's a vampire. Yeah. And Stu's very cool about it. <laughs> He's very yeah. cool about it and continues to hang out with uh, Nick and the entire vampire group who also love him. <laughs> love Stu more than Nick. <laughs> right. They love Nick's Stu. really annoying as yeah. he's discovering himself as a vampire. Yeah. It's they hard. hate him. Yeah. Goes to that whole emotion to have the trial or whatever, yeah. basically. They banish him. They banish him. Um, but not Stu. Stu can stay. Right. <laughs> Stu can um, stay. And they don't, this is, you know, again, we're going to go, I'll go back to the show one more time. They don't have a character like this in the show where it's a human character that knows they're vampires. They're, right. They are friends with some humans in the show, but Correct. they assume that the vampires in the show are also human. But right. Yeah. They kind know. of, they glamour them whenever yeah. they figure out they, right. you know, they, they see something they shouldn't see or whatever. Yeah. yeah but no. Stu learns um, relatively quickly that they are vampires and he's cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think. It, I, the Stu character brings a very interesting perspective to the movie because I think one thing that both the movie and the show are about, and I think I might go out on a limb and say the movie actually does better, is this idea of the quest for community. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, in the show, they're very preoccupied with uh, finding acceptance within the vampire world. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's through business venture or status, you know, whether trying to get on the vampire council right. or, or, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas the show is really just how do we survive in this in this place that we're in? And, you know, it even gets to that point when they do go to the unholy masquerade and it's like they're tr they're kind of forced to choose, you know, yeah. and, you know, save Stu or be a part of this vampire community and I feel like ultimately in the end they don't feel like they really are a part of of them. Right. You know, I think that's something that I think is very is very uh, uh, powerful. You know? Yeah, there's this isolation I think that they live with and you know in, in the movie they're very much you know, they, they're friends with each other. Right. Where in the show they're not like, they almost like live together by circumstance Right. Where it looks like in the you know in the movie the guys live together by choice and mm -hmm. you know when they do have to try to save save Stu at the end because Stu is a human in this unholy masquerade and humans were not allowed so everybody wants to kill him you know they don't really think about it it's not a choice that the characters like uh, have to fight with they're like yeah we got to get Stu out of here yeah you know yeah and no it's, I, again it's more endearingness for those characters I agree completely and I think it's and it goes to show like that core group is really like it's tight knit it that's the community but then. But then they expand it. So, because, you know, one thing that we didn't mention yet, haven't mentioned mm -hmm. yet, are, you know, something that they did also touch on in the show, but again, I think did better in the movie, is the, the werewolves. 
because who are not swear wolves. Right. They're not we're not swear wolves. We're werewolves. When I saw Rise Darby <laughs> walk up and kind of be this alpha male yeah. werewolf, I about died. I about fell out of my chair because my God, do I love Rise Darby. Yes. <laughs> How can you not? How can you not? And the fact and to see him in that role is just was just incredible because that is not how I think of him. No, no. But uh, he does a great job with it. He's hilarious. And, is, and again, they're not in it much. No, no. But but they are, they're important because they in are. the end, obviously, you know, Stu becomes a werewolf. Like right. Like werewolf attack. And then in the end, after kind of, you know, having their, you know, angry interchanges at different times and then the, you know, the brawl eventually, the, you know, after the Unholy Masquerade, they end up kind of becoming part of that community of uh, Viago, yeah. Vladislav, Deacon, Nick, you know, all yeah. of that. And I think it's, uh, it just kind of goes to show like that, that idea of acceptance outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, again, something that makes this, this movie and even the show, like I said, I think they, they do it to a degree Kind of like what you were talking about, where like humans are kind of on the periphery yeah. and they they make their way in sometimes, but they're still very much controlled. Right. And um, the vamp, the werewolves, they don't go anywhere near like the depth. I feel like that they do no. in the movie and the show. Uh, but I, I I think it's really great, and and I was really glad in the end to kind of see an ending right you know yeah i think mockumentaries can struggle with endings because it's so much like a day in the life you yeah know? And, and sometimes i hate those movies because it's like you know not enough happens in a day to keep it really interesting and then how do you end it and and this movie finds a way to 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 end some characters like you know we kind of mentioned how everybody hates nick right especially De- the deacon character um and you know, by the end of the movie, you know, because of Stu's death, because Stu was attacked by the werewolf, so that's how he was turned into a werewolf. But originally, they thought Stu was dead. Right. After they saved him from the Holy Masquerade, they only, you know, they brought him out of the pot and into the fire um, near some werewolves who were changing. But, you know, uh, through Stu's death, uh, you know, Deacon and Nick are able to find some common ground. And, and you know, they kind of, you know, build the beginnings of their friendship. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, I think in, in a way, Stu has an arc-ish because he is this mild-mannered, high-in-the-corner guy, and he turns into a werewolf. Right. You know, Viago <laughs> uh, finds love. He gets the yes. he, he gets the, <laughs> he gets the nerve to go find Catherine after 90 years. And he doesn't care what people think. Yeah. <laughs> There's a huge age gap. She looks like she's 100. He looks like he's 30. But in actuality, he's 400. So, right. you know, he's, he's robbing the, one the cradle. The cradle. <laughs> he's robbing the cradle. But he doesn't care what people think. Right. So, and um, and uh, Vlad's, you know, he kind of, you know, comes to grip with the beast. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you know, they all kind of, they all kind of finish up in their own way, which is great. And Vlad, though, I do have to say, because I'm a big quotes guy, and so are you, Rob. We sure. spend our, when oh, we yeah. hang out most of the time, all we do is talk in movie quotes. It's, right. our, it's our own code. This movie has some that none that really break our our vernacular, our everyday. Yeah. None that I've really thrown at you. But um, one of the ones that was immediately one of my favorites was from Vlad when he was, when he said, you know, I, I have to do my dark bidding on the internet. <laughs> what are you bidding on? 
bidding on a table. Like you know, dark bidding is it's 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 something that they talk about in vampires all the time, but right. they actually meant like eBay bidding on yeah. a table. Right. Well, again, it's a, yeah, it's just that like introducing into modern yeah. society and that those things that just I, I think they were able to take so much of that and make make really really funny moments. Yeah. I mean, explaining why vampires like virgin blood. Right. <laughs> Imagine if you had a sandwich. <laughs> just really appreciate it. nobody. Oh, <laughs> right, you gotta bleep that. <laughs> you would just enjoy that sandwich more if you knew nobody. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's so good. That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rob. And one last thing that you might not know that uh, we know, and we've talked intensively about this show um, and the movie, but there is a spinoff. Really? To the movie. <laughs> it's the two cop characters. Oh. Uh, it's called Wellington Paranormal. Okay. <laughs> it's great. Is it okay? It's about cops living in this world where this where paranormal stuff happens and, and how do they clean it up? Or yeah. How do they discover it? Um, and it's the, it's the same two cops from the mo- the movie. Uh, their names are Minot and O'Leary. Um, and they're great. They that, are really great. That's hilarious because they are really great in the movie. I, yeah, I really like again for only kind of having like a couple of scenes yeah. like you know it's again it's great when side characters are memorable like that yeah so yeah the cop and, characters for sure yeah they work it's very I think they've had a couple seasons maybe three very short seasons but six episode type yeah, things but really good but yeah so I'm gonna throw that's another recommendation I'm throwing at you find time yeah. to get to the show but um but this part of our show you have to now tell us officially how much you liked this movie. And, uh, you know, I recommended it to you. Would you recommend it to other people now? Well, obviously I was already a fan of the show. So coming into it, like you said, I wasn't a guarantee that I was going to like the movie, but there was definitely a possibility because of, you know, most of the, a lot of the creative behind it being the same Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know. But you might have been such a fanboy of the show that it, it hindered your experience watching the movie absolutely and i think and it, it could have been quite a likelihood actually yeah but it wasn't yes and i really do loved it i loved it you were correct i i do love it i like i said within like the first 10 minutes and I, like i said i really credit it to that viago character and his opening sequences really kind of broke me out of just i'm going to compare this to the show the whole time right and i was really able to just enjoy the movie for what it was and like i said i think there's actually things that the show uh doesn't do as well right. as the movie and you know i mean and that's fine you know i'm gonna continue to watch the show i love the show but i will 100 percent recommend the movie to anybody anytime anywhere whether you like the show whether you've seen the show or not uh in fact I, as soon as we're done here i'm gonna go recommend it to my sister who is a big fan of the show because i recommended the show to her oh, so now i'm gonna go recommend the movie to her so they are going to keep this train going and we're, and we're talking about recommendations man let's what are you watching what are you reading right now well i just uh finished up but the best thing i guess i'm watching to, in my opinion would be i just finished up slow horses Okay. On Apple TV Plus. Okay. Um, this is a show I have recommended to you. Yes. Uh, many times we don't talk about series on the podcast. Not that would be much, way, no, too yeah, way too much watching. <laughs> but um, but it's um, it, it's definitely one of my favorites. So they just finished up season three. Okay. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and so I just finished it up and absolutely love it. Um, you know, it's a, it's getting a lot of good reviews, but you know, it's just, it's one of those shows uh, where the cast is, does a great job. 
it's a thriller mystery type show all the time. It's some, you know, they're MI6 agents. They're called, it's called slow horses because they're like the bad FBI agents. They're the slow, the bad horses, the slow horses. Sure. And so they're all kind of grouped together at this place where they're supposed to just be forgotten and die and never, you know, never thought of again, like just hidden away in the corner. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it always circles back where they got to come in and somehow they get in the middle of all the controversy. They have to save the day. The show is led by Gary Oldman, and he is fantastic. I mean, he looks horrible. <laughs> when is he not yes. fantastic? He looks horrible. He's yeah. way overweight. His hair is greasy. He farts a lot. He <laughs> eats. He just eats disgustingly amounts of foods. And and I I can't tell if he's using a fat suit or if he's just really embracing the he's, role. He's but... pretty method, so yeah, I'm surprised I mean. if he just gained that weight. But uh, he. Uh, He's the engine that makes the show go for sure, but uh, it's a really good watch. I recommend to anybody. Um, it's on Apple guys, TV Plus. It's on right? Apple TV Plus, yeah, so it might okay. be hard to get to. Yeah. But um, but it it's definitely worth it. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the barriers that I had had, but I have recently gotten Apple TV Plus. I know, and because of that, that's going to affect a recommendation of mine in a couple of weeks. Oh, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But for uh, yeah, I actually got it for the Monarch show. Yeah, because my son is a huge Godzilla fan watched the first two episodes and we're enjoying it so far uh, i don't want to get too much into it because again i'm still kind of early uh, but i am watching two other shows uh i am watching one with my wife called uh school spirits oh i've seen netflix. that on netflix yep on netflix i've been watching it but i've seen it yeah i've seen that it's on there yeah uh it's not maybe not typically a show i might normally watch uh but, but it's right up my wife's alley she is a big fan of kind of like teen drama type mm. shows you know she's anything like that she's really just super into um does it have wednesday type vibes no, um no not really it's no. not that's it's not you know goth in that way per se but it is it is obviously paranormal because it's about a girl paid uh, played by peyton list from cobra kai she plays tori on cobra oh yes kai. And she kind of, it opens up with her waking up in the afterlife and she's in her high school and she's kind of walking around and figuring out like, oh my God, like what happened to me? I don't, I don't know what's happening. And she's interacting with other ghosts who also haunt the high school mm-hmm. and, um, she, you know, they're all kind of like living out their afterlife kind of stuck in this place but they've obviously a lot of them have been dead for a lot longer so they're kind of like coming to you know they've already come to grips with their death and just kind of like doing their thing but you know she is like simultaneously like trying to figure out what happened to her right so she's got you know living friends who are also like there's no body at this point so it's like she's missing and they're all trying to figure it out so it's basically can they leave the school grounds no no so they have to stay there and so like you follow the friends off campus, but you know she is there with all of her ghost friends, um, and it's fine. Like I, I, it's, I think it, it's it's an interesting concept, and they do some really interesting things. But the I think part of the problem is is I think it, most of the interesting stuff is on the ghost side. Yeah, and so like there's a lot of interesting emotional stuff going on with Peyton List and all of her ghost friends, new ghost friends. But, like, for the human side, it's really just relegated to the mystery. Right. So there's, like, there's emotional stuff that I feel like all of these other characters are going through that they just kind of gloss over because they're in such a rush to get to the next clue. Yeah. 
and I, I think that kind of detracts because like I think that there's there's a, there is meat on that bone and they're just not taking advantage of it. Um, but one thing I will say, and I told I told my wife this, um, that they uh, uh, it, sometime within the next few years, there's going to be a movie that's going to come out of Sundance or some other, you know, high, you know, gluten festival, indie drama, just really like a critic acclaimed kind of movie starring Peyton List. And it is, she's going to pull a Jennifer Lawrence. She's going to have a winner's bone or, you know, that kind of movie that's going to kind of put her really on the map, kind of break her out of this like teen show thing that she's in. I think she's, I think she's, got a lot of potential i think she's a really good actress but i think she it's like it's the roles that she's taking right yeah. now and i think she it's it, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen she's gonna pick that role that's just gonna like launch her into like a whole nother Big level started. of acting yeah they were both fans of cobra kai i don't always love her in cobra kai oh no i it, cobra kai is a show that i you know 50 percent love and 50 percent and just annoyed by constantly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it is unfortunate because the annoyed by constantly part is mostly centered around the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think it, it, so again, it's unfortunate because I think that there is like, there's talent there. Yeah. We liked them in the early seasons. And yeah. It's, just got it's too... kind of meandered and gotten yeah. weird, but I, I, I stand by my prediction that there, there will become, there will come a day sometime soon where Peyton list will be way, much more respected than she is now because I think she is a great talent that will just needs to find that role. Uh, the other thing that I'm watching is the newest season of Fargo. Oh, which I had actually fallen off of. Like, I, I didn't watch like the watched, last two. I only watched the first two and a couple episodes of, of three. Yeah. And I just fell off. I think I, you know what, then I may have, I don't, yeah, I've, I've definitely missed at least the last two, maybe even the uh, but I saw the trailer for this one, and John Hamm is in it. Mm-hmm. Juno Temple's in it. Joe Keery is in it. So I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm gonna watch this. And so yeah, we sat down, and we're about halfway through the first season, and it is just great. It fifth is, season. Oh man, yeah, for a fifth season, it is great. Um, I think Jennifer Jason Lee is in it, and she is just stellar. Really? Like she's usually stellar yeah. in most things that she's in, but like. Oh my god! Like she is so complex. It's like you hate her, and then she has a scene that you're like, "Oh man, you go girl!" And like it's just really, really great yeah. stuff. And then she has another scene where you're like, "God, you're like the worst person I've ever met in my life!" Like, good god! So it's it's a kind of a roller coaster of emotion there, but it it really captures the the vibe of the movie, which is kind of like the, supposed to be the whole you know thing with the show is kind of like you know getting that kind of weird crime drama cohen twist right. <laughs> oh that's i'm glad that you're liking because it it's it's been borderline on my list of shows should i watch it should i go back to to fargo and uh you might have pushed me over the edge i might go back now yeah yeah i'm probably gonna go back and maybe catch up on some seasons that i hadn't watched but i mean but i feel like at this point even if you don't but if you watch the new one yeah i think it's worth your time All right, everybody, the experiment continues. We have reached the end of episode two of our new podcast. Say hello to my little film. I can't believe we did it. I know. We recommended a great movie. 
some really fun shows. The audience has to be feeling pretty full right now. If they have that free time, they definitely have some ways to kill it now. Uh, I hope we want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you for taking this time to sit down with us, find out what we thought about what we do in the shadows. Hopefully, you found a new movie that you love and you will be willing to recommend to somebody else. That is the hope. And one more hope that me and Rob have is that our audience takes the time to rate and review this podcast. If you guys give us a five-star review, we will read it live, unfiltered, on this podcast. Let's hope that if it's a five-star review, that it's a positive review, and they're not just rating it five stars and then lamb-blasting us. Fingers crossed. <laughs> that would be. But speaking of, we should definitely use that comment section as well because we would love to hear your recommendations for Ray and I. And also, recommend movies to the other people in this community. We want to keep it going, keep it growing, keep those recommendations coming. Uh, we will see you guys in two weeks when we release our brand new episode. And that one will be mine. So oh definitely uh, don't want to miss that one. So until then, this is Car Ray Rob. Where I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And remember, be defined by the films you love, not the ones you hate.